0: One and welcome to episode 406 of the professional book nerds podcast presented by overdrive this is Jill hello
1: how's it going it's like the third episode in three days we've recorded it also like the fifth intro I'm getting slap happy pretty much um, but yes today we're doing January books yeah we are tr- 2020 a new month a new year a new decade time time does not stop it's crazy Um... I mm. hope you guys all had a lovely New Year, because I'm double checking when this is going to be going out, <laughs> and it is after the New Year. Yeah. This is technically, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, it is January second. There you go. So, you'll still, at this moment, still be at home relaxing. I think I'll be back in the office. Indeed, on this I will.
0: Day. Indeed, I will.
1: But who can tell? Who knows? Um, so yeah, we're gonna do January books. Do you want to tell people how we do that? Maybe. Sure. Maybe they're new.
0: So every month, we go through and pick um, what we think are the best books or the ones we're most looking forward to in the upcoming month. We do not share our list, although I did ask you about one um, because I wasn't sure. And we kind of go back and forth. You don't have to write everything down. We will be um, putting all of the titles in the show notes. So you can get them right there. Is that everything? I think that's everything.
1: Good job. We usually forget that last part. Um, I'm almost certain we're gonna have a few that overlap this time, but that's okay. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, as I started joking a few months back, if you're if you're new, um, a lot of people do book reviews, not many people do book previews, so that is why we decided to do this because we are very fortunate here at Overdrive. We have access to see books uh, that are coming out in the future and which ones are buzzy and things like that. So, um, how many do you have?
0: I think I have eight.
1: Okay. Three, two, three, four, five, six. I think I have 10, but I'm almost... I bet we have a few that overlap. Well, you can start. I can start? Yeah. Okay. You have more. I do have more. That's true. Uh, I'm going to start with... Let's see. I'm going to do... Which one do I want to start with? The Truants by Kate Weinberg. No? No. Okay, good. Uh, So this is described as Jess Walker has come to a concrete campus under the flat gray sky of East Anglia for one reason, to be taught by the mesmerizing and rebellious Dr. Lorna Clay, whose seminars soon transformed Jess's thinking on life, love, and Agatha Christie, which is why I chose this. Nice. Yep. Nice. Swept up in Lorna's thrall, Jess falls in with a tight, tightly knit group of rule breakers, Alec, who's a courageous South African journalist with a nihilistic streak. Georgie, a seductive pill-popping aristocrat. Nick, a handsome geologist with layers of his own. Love that. But when tragedy strikes the group, Jess turns to Lorna. Together, the two seek refuge on a remote Italian island where Jess tastes life uh, the, the life she's dreamed of for a long time and uncovers a shocking secret that will challenge everything she's learned so
0: how did i miss this
1: uh it was pretty far down on the list i'll be honest um i was super excited i discovered it but it says a literary suspense perfect for lovers of agatha christie and the secret history
0: (sighs) i don't know how i missed
1: that one well i'm glad i brought it up to you and i have already put it on hold
0: well, okay, you're gonna be ahead of me then. Uh huh. Um, my first one is Lady Clementine by Marie Benedict. We love Marie, love Marie. Uh, she was actually coming to the office soon, right? In yep, in weeks? the yeah. middle of
1: January. Yeah,
0: so Marie, um, is the New York Times bestselling author of um, The Only Woman in the Room and Carnegie's Maid. She finds women who have sort of been forgotten by history. Yeah, haven't gotten of.
1: They're just due.
0: Yeah. Um That's not entirely true about this one. This is actually about um Clementine Churchill, who is Winston Churchill's wife. So obviously people are aware of who Clementine Churchill is. But she's, you know, sort of the woman behind um the man, which is probably a better way of describing her books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, that's actually um, like, perfect.
0: So it's historical fiction. She does a really wonderful job of always setting The scenes, um, and yeah, Lady Clementine.
1: Yes, and this book will actually be out before she comes to our office for an interview. So if you want to read Lady Clementine and then hear some fun facts from Marie, then you can tune into that episode. Uh, My next one is Dear Edward by Anne, I want to say Napolitano. Uh, Long last name, so sorry, Anne, if I got that wrong. Uh, This sounds super intense, A 12-year-old boy struggles with the worst kind of fame as the sole survivor of a notorious plane crash. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a whole long description of Basically, there's 180 people on a flight uh, from Newark to Los Angeles, and it crashes, and this one person is the sole survivor. Um, And then it's just basically a story of him trying to understand, like, when you've lost everything, how do you, like, figure out how to keep going sort of a thing. So, um Again, sounds pretty intense, but it also sounds uh, very, 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 very good. So I'm excited about that. That's Dear Edward.
0: My next one is One of Us is Next by Karen McManus. This is the sequel to One of Us is Lying, which is a young adult book and really, really good. So I'm very excited for the sequel. Um, so a ton of copycat gossip apps have popped up since Simon died. Um Don't worry, that happens like super early in one of us's line.
1: Yeah, not a a spoiler. (laughs) That's not really
0: a spoiler. Um, So, uh, yeah, all these apps have popped up. um, But in the year since the Bayview 4 were cleared of his shocking death, no one's been able to fill the gossip void quite like he could. The problem is no one has the facts until now. This time it's not an app, though. It's a game. Truth or dare. That always ends well. (laughs) So Phoebe is the first target. If you choose not to play, it's a truth, and hers is dark. Then comes Maeve, and she should know better. Always choose the dare. But by the time Knox is about to be tagged, things have gotten dangerous. The dares have become deadly, and if Maeve learned anything from Bronwyn last year, it's that they can't count on the police for help or for protection. Simon's gone, but someone's determined to keep his legacy at Bayview High alive. And this time, there's a whole new set of rules. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I was like multitasking because we just cut something out that I was making sure I had the timestamp on right so I could edit it. And then I yep. <laughs> heard you being all sassy about yep. this book. Oh, that's so good.
0: Accurate. That's accurate.
1: Um, my next one is High Fire by Owen Colfer. Uh, Owen is, was on a long, long, long time ago. Not long ago, but um, he is best known for creating the Artemis File series. Uh, this is not like that. <laughs> uh, this book is all about it's a it's an adult novel about a vodka drinking flash dance loving dragon who lives in an isolated life in the bayous of Louisiana and the raucous adventures that ensue when he crosses paths with a 15-year-old troublemaker on the run from a crooked sheriff. Sure. Um I will not read you the description that's on overdrive.com because it is basically a six-paragraph essay. It's the longest description I think I've ever seen. Um but Basically, it sounds amazing. It's it's a dragon and he once was a majestic f- creature and now he's like using his nose sparks to light Marlboros and he's drinking absolute vodka in a Flashdance t-shirt while binge-watching Netflix. And then he meets this kid and they go on an adventure together.
0: That sounds amazing. I
1: know, I'm so excited about this. That's High Fire by Owen Colfer.
0: My next one is Little Gods by Meng Jin. So, on the night of June 4th, a woman gives birth in a Beijing hospital alone. And thus begins the unraveling of Su Lan, a brilliant physicist who, until this moment, has successfully erased her past, fighting what she calls the mind's arrow of time. She dies unexpectedly, and then 17 years later, it's her daughter, Liva who um, inherits the silences and contradictions of her life. Liva grew up in America, and she decides to take her mom's ashes to China. To her, it's an unknown country. And it's while she's there um, that she sort of, you know, finds is haunted by the ghosts of the living and the dead, including the woman who um, lasts to know her mom, Sulan, before she left China, and then Yang Zhang, the father of uh, Liva never knew, So it just through these two people, she starts to get a better understanding of who her mother was um, and sort of how all of these relationships changed her and shaped her. And it sounds really good. Mm -hmm.
1: It does sound really good. Uh, My next one is American Dirt by Janine Cummins. Uh, this feels very, very on par with a lot of things going on in our country right now. So uh, Lydia lives in Mexico City, in the Mexican city of Acapulco. She runs a bookstore. She has a son, Luca, uh, the love of her life, and a wonderful husband who's a journalist. And while there are cracks beginning to show in Acapulco because of the drug cartel, her life is, by and large, fairly comfortable. That is, until someone comes in and purchases one of the books that she stocks in her bookstore that happens to be one of her all-time favorites. Uh, lo and behold, that particular person is in charge of one of the drug cartels. And then Lydia's white or uh, Lydia's husband releases a tell all kind of journalistic piece about said person. And none of their lives are ever going to be the same. So forced to flee, Lydia and her eight year old son, Luca, find themselves miles away from their comfortable middle class existence. They're instantly transferred into migrants who are taking trains They make their way north toward the United States, which is the only place that Javier's reach does not extend, who is the cartel drug leader. Um, And then it's basically this story of them becoming uh, migrants and trying to figure out what's going on and if they can reconnect with their family and and all sorts of stuff. So uh, it's being hailed as a grapes of wrath for our times. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh That's American Dirt by Janine Cummins.
0: My next one is called The Poison Garden by Alex Marwood. So this is about a sinister apocalypse cult called the Ark. There are nearly 100 members of the Ark, and they are found dead by poison at their isolated isolated community in North Wales. Wow,
1: this is such a joke book. Oh, my God, this is such a joke book. So
0: those who survive um, are kind of left to scatter to the winds um, with what few coping skills they have. Including 23-year-old Rami, who has never known life outside the compound. And she now has to live and navigate in this world that she knows nothing about. Oh, and she's pregnant. so (laughs) Of course. Um, So she's determined to find the rest of her family and keep her baby safe no matter the cost. But as the horrors of her past start to resurface, she realizes that leaving her old life behind won't be easy. Outside the walls of the Ark, the real evil has only just begun. Wow. That's a jail book.
1: That's a, such a jail book. Uh, my next one is Big Lies in a Small Town by Diane Chamberlain. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and read the description for you. North Carolina, 2018. Morgan Christopher's life has been derailed. Taking the fall for a crime she did not commit, she finds herself serving a three year stint in the Women's Correctional Center. Her dream of a career in art is put on hold until a mysterious visitor makes her an offer that will see her released immediately. Her assignment is to restore an old post office mural in a sleepy southern town. Morgan knows nothing about art restoration, but desperate to leave prison, she accepts. What she finds under the layers of grime is a painting that tells the story of madness, violence, and a conspiracy of small town secrets. And then, also, apparently, you flash back to 1940 in the same place. And uh, Anna Dale, who is an artist from New Jersey, wins a national contest to paint a mural in a post office in North Carolina. Alone in the world and desperate for work, she accepts. But what she doesn't expect to find is herself immersed in a town where prejudice runs deep, people are hiding secrets, and where the price of being different might just end in murder. What happened to Anna Dale... Are the clues hidden in this decrepit mural, and can Morgan overcome her own demons to discover what exists beneath the layers of lies?
0: You know, I saw that book, The Jacket, when I was looking through, and I almost clicked on it and didn't. And
1: I'm glad I did. I'm regretting that. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> so good, and I'm very, very excited, and I already have that one on hold as well.
0: Um, so my next one is hitting a straight lick with a crooked stick
1: yeah I had it on my list but I knew we both were going to so. by
0: Zora Neale Hurston so for those who are not familiar with Zora Neale Hurston um, she wrote Their Eyes Were Watching God um, and if there's one thing I can tell you that will probably speak to the magnitude of her talent it is that Toni Morrison called her one of the greatest writers of our time ridiculous so when Toni Morrison calls you one of the greatest writers ever, time, that, that speaks volumes. Okay. So this is a collection of short stories, including eight, quote unquote, lost Harlem Renaissance tales that are now available to a wide audience for the first time. If you are doing the Pro Book Nerds Challenge, you can read a collection of short stories. And
1: I imagine you'd be hard-pressed to find a better one than that.
0: Correct. So that is Hitting a Straight Lick with a Crooked Stick by Zora Neale Horston. Oh, I'm
1: so excited to read that. Uh, my next one is Infinity Sun" by Adam Silvera. Uh, Adam Silvera is one of the uh, many YA people who anything he releases, I will read, and then I will probably cry. So this is a start of a new series. It is a fantasy series that he is creating. Uh, Growing up in New York, brothers Emil and Brighton always idolized the Spellwalkers, a vigilante group sworn to rid the world of specters. While the Spellwalkers and other celestials are born with powers, specters take them, violently stealing the essence of endangered magical creatures. Brighton wishes he had a power so he could join the fray. Emile just wants the fighting to stop. The cycle of violence has taken a toll, making it harder for anyone with a power to live peacefully and openly. And in this climate of fear, a gang of specters has been growing bolder by the day. Then, in a brawl after a protest, Emile manifests a power of his own, one that puts him right at the heart of the conflict and sets him up to be the heroic spellwalker Brighton always wanted to be.
0: That sounds really good.
1: Yeah. He's. Adam Silvera is just. Amazing.
0: My next one is All the Days Past, All the Days to Come by Mildred D. Taylor. So uh, I read Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry when I was probably like in fifth or sixth grade. (laughs) Um, And this is the last book in her sweeping saga about the Logan family of Mississippi So Cassie, who we first meet in Song of Trees and Roll of Thunder, is a young woman now searching for her place in the world, a journey that takes her from Toledo to California, to law school in Boston, and ultimately, in the 60s, home to Mississippi to participate in voter registration. She is witness to the now historic events of the century, the Great Migration North, the rise of the civil rights movement preceded and precipitated by the racist society of america and the often violent confrontations that brought about change um yeah i mean roll thunder hear my cry is a classic yeah is a classic and um we have you know the last the last story yeah
1: that's very exciting uh my next one is followers by megan angelo Uh, This is an electrifying story of two ambitious friends, the dark choices they make, and the profound moment that changes the meaning of privacy forever. This book is going to make me want to get off of... Social media, I think. Um, Orla Caden dreams of literary success, but she's stuck writing about movie star hookups and influencer yoga moves. Orla has no idea how to change her life until her new roommate, Floss, a striving wannabe A-lister, comes up with a plan for launching them both into high-profile lives they so de- desperately crave. But it's only when Orla and Floss abandon all pretense of ethics that social media responds with a terrifying feed- the most terrifying feedback of all. Overwhelming success. yeah. 35 years later, in a closed California village where government-appointed celebrities live every moment of their day on camera, a woman named Marlo discovers a shattering secret about her past. Despite her massive popularity, 12 million loyal followers, no thank you, Marlo (laughs) dreams of fleeing the corporate sponsors who would do anything, even horrible things, to keep her on screen. When she learns that her whole family's history is a lie, Marlo finally summons the courage to run in search of the truth, no matter what the risks. Like as I I got like like the goosebumps just reading about this book.
0: My next one is Uncanny Valley by Anna Weiner. In her mid twenties, at the height of tech industry idealism, Anna was stuck, broke, and looking for meaning in her work. uh, Left a job in book publishing for the promise of the new digital economy. She moved from New York to San Francisco, where she landed at a big data startup in the heart of the Silicon Valley bubble a world of surreal extravagance, dubious success, and fresh-faced entrepreneurs hell-bent on domination, glory, and, of course, progress. And arrived amidst a massive cultural shift as the tech industry rapidly transformed into a locus of wealth and power rivalry in Wall Street. But amid the company's ski vacations and in-office speakeasies, boyish camaraderie, and ride-or-die corporate fealty, a new Silicon Valley began to emerge one and far over its head, one that enriched itself at the expense of the idyllic future it claimed to be building. So this is um, described as part coming-of-age story, part portrait of an already bygone era. It's a memoir that is a rare first-person glimpse into, you know, startup culture and what happens. And
1: This reminds me of uh, something that I laughed about. So... I interviewed Mark Duplass for our um, Perspectives on Reading, which is a online magazine that Overdrive runs, and it comes out once a quarter. And Joel and I write articles for it, and there's lots of fun stuff on there. But I interviewed Mark Duplass because he's a big fan of libraries and books, and I was asking him for book recommendations. And in passing, I, I'm going to talk about this because it's not going to be in the, in the article. He was talking about he really loves uh, literary nonfiction and memoirs, and he's like, Um, my friend, he's like, do you know the guy who um, founded Kickstarter? And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, my buddy, Yancey Strickler, he founded Kickstarter. Like, have you met him before? I was like, Mark, first off, I'm not a celebrity. Also, I live in Cleveland, Uh, not Silicon Valley. But it was just like this passing wave of it. So if you're interested, Yancey Strickler is the guy who created Kickstarter, and he wrote a memoir that came out in 2019. Um, But it was just one of those things where he was like, yeah, you know, like – I, don't, I was like, Mark, I don't think we run on the same social circles. Probably not. So, Probably not. Anyway, that's f probe nothing, but it made me think of that. <laughs> um, my, I, have, I have two left. So I'm assuming you have one based on – perfect. Okay, so my next one is Clean Getaway by Nick Stone. I was sent a copy of this uh, about a week ago as we were recording this, and I'm really excited to read it. It looks amazing. It's a middle-grade book, and it's basically – uh, this The main character goes on the most ultimate unplanned road trip with their grandmother. So, the G-Ma is what he calls them. Sure. Um, so, it's basically just a road trip story through America, um, but it talks about race relations, both past and present. And um, it says, how do you go on an unplanned road trip with your grandma? You grab a suitcase, pre-packed from the the big spring break that got canceled. You fasten your seatbelt because GMA is never conventional. So this trip won't be either. Use the green book, which is GMA's most treasured possession. It holds history, memories, and most importantly, the way home. Um, And it just sounds like a lot of fun. I'm all for uh, a road trip one. So that is clean getaway by nick stone
0: my last one is the majesties by tiffany Seo. so this is about two sisters from a chinese indonesian family and um gwendolyn and estella have always been as close as sisters can be growing up in a wealthy eminent and sometimes deceitful family they've relied on each other for support and confidence but now gwendolyn is lying in a coma the sole survivor of Estella's poisoning of their whole clan. Mm. I know. Sounds great. So (laughs) as Gwendolyn struggles to regain consciousness, she desperately retraces her memories, trying to uncover the moment that led to this shocking and brutal act. Was it their aunt's mysterious death at sea? Estella's unhappy marriage to a dangerously brutish man? Or were the shifting loyalties and unspoken resentments at the heart of their opulent world too much to bear? Can Gwendolyn at last comfort the carefully buried mysteries in their family's past and the truth about who she and her sister really are? So it goes from these like luxurious worlds of Indonesia to Paris Fashion Week to the sunny coast of California <laughs> to Melbourne. I mean, like it's got everything. Quite and literally
1: I world. Yeah. World.
0: So excited. Yeah. That's The Majesties by Tiffany Sayo. Uh,
1: I have one that's slightly more grounded. Uh, Every Other Weekend by Abigail Johnson is my last one. Uh, so, Adam Moynihan's life used to be awesome. He was a straight A student. He had close friends and a home life so perfect that it could have been on a TV show out of the fifties. Then his older brother dies, and now his fun-loving mom cries constantly. And he and his remaining brother can't talk without fighting, and the father, who he always admires, who had, he has always admired, proved himself to be a coward by moving out when they needed him most. Jolene Timber's life is nothing like the movies she loves, not the happy ones anyway. As an aspiring director, she should know because she's been reimagining her life as a film ever since she was a kid. With her divorced parents at each other's throats and using her as a pawn, no amount of mental re-editing will give her the love she's starving for. Forced to spend every other weekend in the same apartment building, the boy who thinks forgiveness makes him weak, and the girl who thinks love is for fools begin an unlikely friendship. And it goes from there, so... Um, this felt very on point with, uh, the movie that's all getting all the, the the love story one with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Um, I can't think of it. Marriage Story. Marriage Story. Thank you. So this felt kind of on, on brand with that because as we're recording this, it's all supposed to Adam Driver news and we don't need to get into that, but that's what's going on right now when we're recording. So, um, that's everything. That's 11 books. Wait, no, like 20 books.
0: Something like that? Yeah. It's a lot of books.
1: You're welcome. Um, so yeah, as Jill said, those were all in the show notes. So I hope you weren't frantically writing them down. Um, if you need more recommendations, you can always email us at at com. Anything else you think people should know about? I think that's it. Cool. All right. Well, Happy New Year's, guys. And I hope you enjoyed this January Books episode of the Professional Book Nerds